episodes. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm Lisa Santiago McNeil. And I am Brian Keith McNeil. Thank you for joining us. Um, my wife, Lisa Santiago McNeil, is an author and a publisher. I am an author and a sales coach as well. She's also a coach's coach. And what I ask her to sit down with me today to do with you guys is to take a moment or two to go over our published works, just in case there's someone out here that are kind of familiar with us, but not familiar with what we've actually produced as far as publishing. And we're going to take a moment today and we're going to go through each of our published works here, just, just so we have it someplace centralized. So our published work journey as a couple began in May of 2016. Mm -hmm. May of 2016 actually began before that, but May of 2016 is when we first put this book in our hands, Discovering Your Why by Lisa Santiago McNeil. Want to tell the story? Sure. Discovering Your Why, A Journey to Wholeness was a book that I had written some years prior, um, sort of part of my processing of evolving into um, who I was about to become. When I started writing this, I was still married. I was still had kids. So married to someone still, other than me. Yes, married <laughs> to someone other than you. And, um, and so I was evolving, I was finding my way and I was documenting that journey along the way, as well as mining through it, if you will. I was going through it, but also going through it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, it does to a lot of people, I'm sure. Every time I went through something, I would then double back and review how I got through it and sort of take lessons learned out of those experiences and found that I was able to communicate those lessons learned in such a way that someone who might be going through a similar situation could also help them to navigate through their journey. When that book came in May, it was a warm day. And I was so excited when we got that first book. I, I went in the backyard of our home and we had a swing there, a porch. I mean, um, what do you call that? A little a bench swing, you know, where mm -hmm. two people could sit on it, three people could sit on it. And I sat on that bench swing and I read that book through cover to cover in one sitting. <laughs> and um, what I found in the book was it, it chronicled some of her growing up as well as some of her adult times too. But there were some harsh stories in that book really harsh and and there's some colorful language in the book as well um but to me the book had the punchline of your worst days the worst stuff that you've had to deal with you've made it through those worst days even in the beginning of the book when you make an agreement with the author the people that read this book they make an agreement with the author that they're not going to quit yeah that's in the very beginning of this book it's called discovering your why and uh, every time it happens, it doesn't happen all of the time, but every time it happens, it's a promise to not quit. Go ahead, please showcase that. Talking about. I don't yeah. think that we can show that. I don't think if you get closer, show. maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, but on that page is a promise to not quit. But every time someone says to me or my wife or us together, hey, I got your book and I filled out my promise, and they show us the date that they filled out their promise, it, it just warms my soul every time. So that book discovering your why kind of launched us too as a published couple how do you feel about that book uh almost two and a half years hence since it came in your hands 
Um, there are times that I still, that I might go back and read this book. I actually have it in my bathroom as well, that I'll go back and I'll read a part of it and it will still bring me to tears um, and then bring me to joy or laughter or whatever. It's just, it's, it consistently um, moves, moves me to emotion. Now, another cool thing about this book is Lisa actually published the book herself because she had went on a journey, which a lot of prospective authors go on, where she had written something and she wanted to get it published and trying to figure out the who and the what and the how of getting a book published caused her to learn some things. One thing she learned was it's a whole lot more expensive than she initially thought. Mm -hmm. And there was also wild price ranges from publisher to publisher to get these books done. And their opinions and their policies came into play and what it, what it caused her to do because of the kind of person that she is, it causes her to, okay, I can't do it that way, but let me learn how to do it. I'm just as smart as anyone else. And I want you guys to realize that too. Anything that anyone else can learn, you too can learn. So yeah. the other thing that I learned was that some of the mistakes that come with the learning process, um, I, I can see a lot of growth. I see a lot of growth from, this. from the time that you wrote yeah, that from book. This, no, from the time that I published this book until now. Until this book. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at it from a now from a technical perspective, right? Technically, what you did yesterday when you got your latest works, I saw you looking at it technically instead yeah, of just looking at it appreciably. It's I saw it. It's different. Um, and from a technical perspective, I see so many things that I, I probably would want to fix or change or whatever. But the reason why I don't is because it's not that important. You're right. You've learned. You know, yeah. I've made so much progress, success, again, money, please. impact with this imperfect product. Right. Think about the money you've earned with that imperfect product. This imperfect that product. product that has mistakes in it mm -hmm. and things that you would do differently today. Absolutely. But it just doesn't matter. Two rules. Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. And the second rule is, it's all small stuff. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. So discovering your why. And I was thrilled, equally thrilled, my wife. I was so excited when it came. I started telling everybody about it all willy-nilly, just in enthusiasm, because I thought everyone should read it. You know, it did it for me. And I was excited for my wife to have this book published. Mm -hmm. So that happened in May of 2016. Now, you want to say anything else about that book? I did. Sure. I actually want to read a piece from it. Okay. Um, this was uh, chapter 12, I think, and it's called One Step at a Time is Enough for Me. Um, chapter 12, One Step at a Time is Enough for Me. In Discovering Your Why, A Journey to Wholeness. Step by step, I have the power to change all that is not working in my life. With each step I take, I'm on a pathway to the best of who I am. Sometimes I go a bit off course, but I always find my way back again. Peace comes from realizing that realizing that all that needs to be done will be done. I just start from the place where I am right now and take one step at a time. In doing so, I pull myself out of the rut of inaction. I trust the wisdom from within my being to show me what needs to be done, and I will do it one step at a time. I take a deep breath and I relax. Yes, one step at a time 
is enough for me. That was actually an excerpt from a book that I had been journeying through in order to become. And that was uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Mm -hmm. And it went. I went on to say, how many times have you resolved to start bettering yourself? Only to get discouraged by your past results. Why do we allow ourselves to do that? We have to look ahead. Well, then when we look ahead, things look so far away. They don't even look attainable. What We are looking too far. If we take one step towards our goal, just one step, and right after you take that first step, take one more step, all of the goals look attainable when we try, look unattainable when we try to take it all, take it in all at once. Right. And so often that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We want to lose 50 pounds mm-hmm. instead of wanting to lose a pound. one pound. Right. You know, we want to, we want to become the president of the United States, but we don't even look into being an city councilman or nothing, yeah. anything, you know what I'm saying? So, it is really about those processes, those processes. And I went on to say that if you showed up in kindergarten and the teacher put on the board the entire syllabus that you would need to graduate from college, you would have either stood there in total shock and awe and then quit believing that there would be no way you could complete all of that. It it, it didn't start that way. Right. They started out, started you out playing, scribbling with the crayon, making shapes, chanting numbers that made no sense to you and spelling words you didn't knew, know the meaning of. And one day it made sense. That's right. And that's essentially what I have to do with my clients because there's so much that they know because in our lives we are gaining the wisdom to become who we are supposed to be. There's so much that they know, but it just looks like ingredients. Until. Until. They have a cake. That day where E equals MC squared makes sense. Mm-hmm. That day when A plus B equals C makes sense. That day when pie is not just something that you eat, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we we got to give it a chance to get there. All stemming from, that was Lisa's journey, discovering, yeah, discovering your why. I highly recommend that book, Two Thumbs Up. <laughs> now, after discovering your why hit our household, that was in May of 2016. Yeah. In June of 2016, we had another delivery. Now, in my adult life, I spent all of my adult life since age 23 in the world of professional sales. And since age of 24, I've been training other people on how to sell, mm-hmm. teaching other people how to sell. And it caused me to go on a journey of reading books on how to sell. My first eight months in sales, I was really bad at it until I discovered my first book on sales. The first book on sales I discovered was um, uh, How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. And I just went through that book page by page. Page four of that book taught me why you can't fail in sales. And it just basically conveyed to me at a time when I really needed to hear why you can't fail. Mm -hmm. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, you can't fail. If you do the work, you can't fail. So, and that stuck with me. It was a seminal moment in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Private joke. (laughs) So um, I read that book all the way through and it didn't ever occur to me just not to pick up another book on sales. So I just picked up another one. The next book was Secrets of Closing and Sale by Zig Ziglar. And I read that book all the way through. And then I picked up um, How to, um, The Greatest Sales in the World by Og Mandino was the third one I picked up. And I just kept going again, book after book after book and just never stopped. And 
I ended up reading more than 700 books on how to sell. Mm -hmm. But when you read so much about how to sell from other people and you get a chance to practice what you read and get a chance to teach it, because I was a sales manager at age 24. So I was just, whatever I read that morning, I would teach that day and then I would go out and try to apply what I learned. Mm -hmm. So I would read, teach, and then go try to sell. And that really is a, a key. That is a key. Um, it's actually a leadership key mm -hmm. as well. I think um, John C. Maxwell has that in um, the, the leaders. Something. Yeah, I think it's in one of his leadership books, but I think it is integral that because when you teach what you know, then you have to know what you know. Mm -hmm. At least well enough to teach it. At yeah. least well enough to teach it. So it, it, it enforces upon you the necessity of paying attention, of taking notes, mm -hmm. of making sure that you really understand what you're taking in. Because you yeah, I'm about to go teach it right now. So I read it and then I went and gave a sales meeting on what I just read that morning. And then what I learned was between what the book said and what I was actually experiencing in front of real life people, mm -hmm. there was a difference. Okay. There was, there was, so what was happened was as I kept reading, I was developing my own philosophy and my philosophy was being filtered through what I read and what I actually experienced in the field. Mm -hmm. What they said would happen versus what was actually happening. And I developed my own philosophy that would work for me. So I started teaching that philosophies. I wrote a, um, in one of those brilliant moments, I wrote a report called the 22 must closes back in 1996, mm -hmm. 22 ways. I thought every salesperson should know how to close a sale. And uh, I started teaching people based upon my writings. It wasn't a book. It was a report. Mm -hmm. Okay. It has staples on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I should have made that paper. in the book, huh? Like a white paper. Like a white paper. Looking back on it, I should have made that in the book. What's she saying? Your, your shirt's on? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> thank you. So <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and forgive us for not taking comments right now. We're doing something here. Um, so, but that was back in 1996. And it had tormented me since 1996 that I didn't have a book out. People would always, I mean, I would give a class or a workshop and people say, well, where's your book, Brian? And I didn't have one. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those gnawing, tormenting things in my belly and in my side. I hated it that I was putting myself out there as a subject matter expert, but I didn't have a book. It was frustrating me. So for those of you who are um, aspiring to be public speakers or workshop facilitators or trainers or um, simply want to come in an audience in the front of the room for whatever it is that you're doing, being published is a uh, it's critical. It, it, it's a it's a matter it's a matter of creating credibility. Mm -hmm. um, I actually outlined that in another one of the books that we're going to talk about. But when you are when you are known for something, and then you endeavor to transition from that thing to a new environment, there needs to be something that validates you in that new environment. Otherwise, why would we take you seriously? And which is what I was running into. I had friends, good friends of mine, one of my buddies in the speaking circles. He was a great speaker. And I was speaking to on the same platform, but he had a um, speakers bureau, and he would not book me. Brian, you're a great speaker, but I'm not booking you. I can't book you. He said he can't. 
Why can't you? Because you don't have a book out. Well, that was a standard that he had established for his bureau, just like our empowerment author showcases. You have to be a published, published author, author. Yeah. And that was his standard. And it was and I couldn't argue with it. It's because it's his standard. His, his company, his standard. You got to have a book or I can't book you. OK, so I was still gnawed by that for so many years of my life. And so from age from from age 24 mm -hmm. to age 49, 40, I think I was 49 then. 48. Ooh, I was 48. 48. I was 48. But with my wife's help, because of what she learned in her publishing of Discovering Your Why, she was able to help me put my thoughts together into a book that I'm proud of. And in June of 2016, the UPS guy rang our doorbell. And by the time I got to the door, he was walking down the, down the um, sidewalk to his truck, but he had left the box in front of my door. And I opened up that box and this book was in it. <laughs> the shortcut, the fastest route to selling your services better than you ever have before so that you can earn more money than ever before. I remember the joy of um, designing the cover with my wife and, you know, design and the subtitles and all of that stuff. I wanted it to be descriptive and all of that. This book here is only 74 pages, but every page of this book is practical and usable. And I wrote it for people who need to earn their livelihood by their ability to sell. I felt there was a shortcut. And I think this book is, is one of the critical books. If you want to sell yourself and your services, I think this book can help you as much as, if not more than any other book on sales. I'm very, very proud of it. When I opened that box up, it was like giving birth to a baby. That's what it was like for me. My first published works. I still love to touch it. I still love to hold it. I still feel the vibrations of it because I know what it took. I know what's in it. I know what it, I know what kind of bleeding and crying and thinking I had to do to have what it takes to write this book. You know, and I'm very, very proud of it. And I use this book as a key to open up doors for me. The shortcut, the fastest route to selling your services so that you can earn more money. That was the second book to hit our household. Okay. And my wife worked on that book with me. So the fact that she appreciated it meant something to me as well. So after we had May Discovering Your Why of 2016, June of 2016, we were blessed with the shortcut. In August of 2016, we had two books in our household. One was The Tiniest Little Acorn in mm -hmm. August of 2016. It's a children's book. Go ahead, baby. So the, I wrote the children's book because I was getting pushback from some of those in the religious community about discovering your why because of the language because of the language it was really raw i mean and to to my defense it is about a real life experience you cannot change how you report the facts <laughs> and of, sometimes a profanity word is the only word that fits absolutely to get that point across <laughs> absolutely so what i did but i knew that the message in it was one that needed to be woven into whatever age group. It didn't only need to be adults and it didn't only need it didn't need to be church people. It needed to be 
people and that church people could benefit from it and regular people could benefit from it okay. because so many of us have real life experiences and sometimes we've allowed ourselves to be defined by them and they shouldn't. And so the tiniest little acorn actually- Go closer to the screen, maybe that'll show better. No. The tiniest little acorn. The tiniest little acorn, I'm trying to see if it's just the way the light, it's anything light, you'll only see the color. Okay. So with the tiniest little acorn, it is a story about the difficult journey of the acorn and the final realization that if it were not for those experiences, it would never become the mighty oak tree. Awesome book. It was our first children's book in our family too, in our mm -hmm. household as well. And we learned a lot of things from producing this children's book. We mm -hmm. learned that we can say things in the children's book that an adult book can't say, yeah. you know? <laughs> and we learned we could defend ourselves easier by simplifying the message in such a way that children can get it, but adults can get it too. Right. So that book meant a lot in our household, The Tiniest really Little Acorn, because this book kind of launched, turned a corner for us, mm -hmm. okay? The Tiniest Little Acorn, and Lisa started teaching that. She even created these acorn babies, um, little stuffed animals with made with stuffing and socks and they were acorn babies and when we have them on the table people would invariably they'd see the book but they'd pick up the acorn babies and bring it to their clutch it to their chest mm -hmm. the acorn babies that go with the tiny little acorn right and then i actually created the workshop uh, manual for the tiniest little acorn acorn babies um which i had the opportunity to facilitate several of them uh one at hope haven one at the women's shelter and one with another group of women. And it is so interesting how the distraction of creating the babies plus the openness of the conversation at the table allowed for so much healing. So if you're leading a women's group or a teenager's group or a young girl's group, you could get this um, uh, workshop book here yeah, it's a manual. and facilitate your own little acorn workshops. Mm -hmm. It's a manual how to do this. Show them how to make the acorn base. Yes. All it that's sure in there. Does. Okay. It sure does. So the tiny little acorn hit our household in August. And then mm -hmm. um, also the same month of August, I thought the shortcut was complete. It covered everything. But what the shortcut did not cover was overcoming objections and closing sales. It didn't cover that at all. It covered nuts and bolts of what to do. So, and I already had the same information, so I was already in the mode. So it was simpler, but the book is more beefy, it has more pages, more stuff in it. I wrote the book called Asking for the Money. Asking for the Money. And the subtitle is how anyone can close more sales, even you. And I wrote this book for the people who are afraid to ask for money, who are insecure when it comes to closing sales. This talks about what to do before you ask for the money. What do you do when you ask for the money? What do you do after you ask for the money? It shows you when to overcome an objection and how to overcome an objection. It shows you what to choose. And it's all in this book here. Again, this book is more beefy than the first one, the shortcut. And I do believe that they go wonderfully in a set. The shortcut teaches you what to do and asking for the money teaches you how to overcome objections. There is a workbook that comes with the shortcut that I don't have a handy with me, but there is a workbook with it. And they all are available to be purchased through Amazon and other places as well. So that hit our home in August of 2016. So by August of 2016, between May and August, we had four published works in our household. Four.
and we're happy about that. In December, no, not December. Um, the first iteration was 17 or 16? It was 17. Okay, so we're going to skip ahead. We're not going to do that one now. Okay. okay, we're going to go through. This came out in December of 16 or 17? Sixteen. Okay. There's a story um, that I've been telling to adult audiences called Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople. And it's a story I developed after reading the book Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander again and again and again, and discovering things about the actual rhinoceros animal on the Discovery Channel. And I came up with a story that I built upon. I Brianized it to death. The story is called Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople. And I had been only telling that story to adult audiences for more than 20 years. And one morning, my brilliant wife asked me to tell her that story. She had heard it probably 20 times at this point. Tell me that story again. And I told it to her, and she was secretly recording me telling that story again. So she took me telling that story again, and she fashioned her second children's book that she published herself. It's called Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople, featuring Mr. Randall the Rhino. We docked it out after she started writing the book. Of course, we created a, a character, and the book is animal, Anamorphic. Animal, say it the way you like to say it. <laughs> anthropomorphic. 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 It's animals, and animals are acting out the role of people. Like we have Mr. Randall, he's a rhinoceros, and then you have Miss Ozander the ostrich, and you have different characters in the book, and they're anim anthropom anth anamorphic. Anthropomorphic. That's what I said. So it's one of my favorite works. I'm very proud of it because it's not just why rhinos make great sales, but it was written in a way that children love it. And I love it when parents send me pictures of their children reading my book or embracing my book or just holding my book. But it teaches children, it introduces children to the world of sales, it introduces children to the world of entrepreneurship, and it also teaches children about life applications, not just sales and not just business. It, it, I mean, invariably, children talk about the importance of being determined, which is one of the things that they got out of the book, being determined. So I love my children's book here, Why Rhinos Make Great Sales People, featuring Mr. Randall the Rhino. There will be more Mr. Randall stories forthcoming. So then the next year went by, and the next thing we published, I believe, was the planner. I think so. Okay. No, not that. This. I know, but this one was done before that. Okay, talk about it. <clears throat> so this book was. The title of the book is, go please. Simple Cheap Self Publishers Marketing Guide. The Simple Cheap Self Publishers Marketing Guide with bonuses of try building, bestseller strategies, and more. Get more of your money from your book in thirty days or less with $5 or less by Lisa Santiago McNeil. Now, the reason why I wrote this book is because so many people were interested, first of all, in writing their books. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of writing their books was always, I want to become bestseller. Best I want to sell a million books. I want to do all these things. And um, they didn't know how to go about doing it. And um, they, there were so many other people that have been discouraged by writing or self-publishing their books, not making very much money off of their books, mm -hmm. and also not making very much impact. 
And I personally think that if you have taken the energy and effort to go about publishing a book, it is hopefully because you believe that you have something to say. Mm -hmm. And if you have something to say, is it because it is important or essential for people to hear it or not? And so by focusing on getting your message out, you will invariably make more money with your book than trying to get your book out. And this book not only just talks about getting your message out, but how to. Yes, it's, it's very to. specific on how to do it. It tells you very specifically how to build your um, how to build your list, how to get people to want to pay for your book, to want to hire you for other different things that will also bring you money with your book, how to create your launch party, how to plan your event, how to set up consulting as it relates to your book, how to expand your reach. The chapters are very, very um, specific to getting you what you need. You've self-published your book, now what? how to assemble, assemble your tribe, how to invoke your tribe to action, how to get money with your book so that you can buy copies of your book so that you can have them, talking about other people's money, mm -hmm. using other people's money, expanding your reach, and um, how to engage your tribe. Those are the people that want to see you succeed, but they don't know what to do. And this gives you the... the what happens oftentimes is we say, would you help me with this? And people say, yeah, sure. They don't know what to do. And if you don't tell them what to do, then you've just got somebody that volunteered to do something that has nothing to do. Blind leading the blind. I love that book right there myself because the how-to stuff, yeah. you know, you don't, this is when we don't get people dressed up with no place to go. This gives you specifically some place to go. And also Lisa just alluded to it. Your book opens up other things for you. One of the things we've learned in this journey of self-publishing and, and 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 forgive me for saying it this bluntly, but it's not about the book. Yeah. It's not just about the book. Yes. The book is a business if you know how to structure it. And that's what we've learned to do. So it's not just about the book. And during this time from 2016 on, Lisa was actually actively publishing other works, but we'll get to that in a minute. The next, I believe, came was the planner. This is the Second or third iteration? This is the second. Okay. Now, tell the story about that, your quest for finding the right planner and your desire to make your own. Yeah. So as much as I am technologically um, interactive, I like using the computer, my Google stuff, and all of this and everything, I am also very tactile, tactile. when it comes to my goals and stuff like that. I like to see them in front of me in a tangible way. I like to be able to touch them and hold them but I couldn't find a planner that allowed me the opportunity to not just plot the dates, but also keep my thoughts engaged with where I was going or what I was moving towards. Okay. And so after much research and review, I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna create it for myself. I'm gonna put my five-step process in there of manifestation. I'm gonna give myself checkpoints in there. I'm gonna have a place for centers of influence. I'm gonna have accountability points in there. And I'm gonna make it in a, such a way that it's physically, physical and tangibly accessible. Cool. And um, I love, love, love 
the experience that people have once they get her planners. Now, this is her second iteration. She's done two of them already, um, 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do 19s because we were so busy. 19 different. Yeah, we did it online, I think. No, I have the, um, so 19, I did the process and not the planner. Okay. And so I shared that at the manifestation and meditation event. They had the opportunity to take advantage of those five steps. And um, you can utilize that with any planner that you have. Now, I'm hoping that people that tune in this far along the journey with us see that your life can be upwardly mobile around your published works. And it's a better life. It's a better life. All of the, every one of these books that we've highlighted so far, each one of them can open up a different door to do a different workshop that they can pay for. Um, after the planner came about last year, one of the most exciting books hit our family and it was called Raised by Chickens. Raised by Chickens. This is one of the most exciting books to me. It's another children's book. And I say children's books with air quotes because it is a children's book, yes. However, this is a grown folks book because the talk that comes along with this book that Lisa gives is amazing. When people see the talk, when she gives her workshops with this book here, um, make the book bigger than us. Okay, there you go. When she gives that workshop telling this story, it transforms a move, a room, not even just a workshop, a speech where she tells this story, the room gets embraced and uplifted. And I've seen her transform an environment because of her telling this story. It's the story of an eagle that invariably gets raised by chickens. Mm -hmm. Want to talk about your book? So Raised by Chickens, as you can see on the screen, I'm actually sold out of right now, but they're available online. I'm going to be ordering another shipment of them. But like he said, it does often move audiences to um, emotion because so many of us have been surrounded by people who really mean well. Mm -hmm. They want us to be safe. They want us to be protected. And because of that, sometimes they don't encourage us to get out of the comfort zone. They, again, she, they love us. They want to do the best they can for us to protect us, keep us safe and all that. But it's tantamount to an eagle being raised by chickens. Absolutely. And so this book really helps you to envision the importance of pushing past even the well intended and becoming the amazing that you're supposed to be. I like how you put that. Pushing past the well intended to become the amazing that you were intended to be. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, we do have, um, we're going to talk about the last book that hit our home and we're going to talk about our upcoming works and then we'll talk about those illustrated works. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me say this. The, um, just like the um, discovering your why and the tiniest acorn were tied together um, in, a, in as much as they share a similar message, Raised by Chicken actually is tied together by my current book, which is Permission to be Amazing Granted. Now, which is why we're doing this video today, because we got another visit from UPS yesterday um, and they delivered this, uh, this book here when we're about to feature now. We're going to feature it right now? Sure. Okay. Because you, you, they're tied together. They so this hit our home yesterday. Mm -hmm. Permission to be amazing granted. Permission to be amazing granted is a heart-centered coach's guide to creating the business and impact of their dreams. 
the Heart-Centered Coach's Guide to Creating the Business and Impact of Their Dreams. This Absolutely. book is specifically intended for those folk. Absolutely. And if you have, if you are a minister, if you're a coach of some sort, and you have only dreamed of living your life in that capacity and just don't see or didn't see how you can make that a reality. This is really the step-by-step approach to bringing that to fruition. Understand that there are components to being able to live an amazing life. Mm -hmm. And so often people are trapped into the, the one piece and they forget all of the other um, moving parts that mm -hmm. go with it. And so in Permission to be Amazing, granted, I don't only highlight what those parts are. I show you how to create the infrastructure that will allow your life to become the sustainable entity while doing what it is that you want to be. While doing it, a sustainable entity so that you can keep on doing it. Yes. <laughs> we, I am so proud of this book. Uh, permission to be made and granted. This book is another one of those. And, and some of you guys that are watching this have a similar story to tell right now. One of those books that was done a year ago, it was done a year ago, but because life happens, it didn't get published mm -hmm. until now. We're shooting this video on January 24th, 2019. Mm -hmm. What are you showing up? No, I was okay, yes, copyright is 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's finally done, it's here now, and I'm excited about it. Now, we do have some upcoming works, and I'm gonna talk about those now. Um, one of the works is a book I'm writing now, and it's, it's close to being done. It's called The Power of the Four-Minute Presentation. Now, in the 90s, where I cut my teeth as a professional salesperson, back then, they had these concepts uh, it takes an hour and a half to two hours to make a sale, okay? And they even would teach salespeople, don't even start talking business until you've warmed up the client, warmed them up first. They felt like you should spend 15 minutes or so just chit-chatting, getting to know people, warming them up, becoming their buddy. And I don't believe, my philosophy is the sales are not made that way today. I don't believe people will give you 15 minutes of not talking about what you're talking about. You got to get to the point. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that you can sell any service, any service in four minutes or less. Sell yourself and your services within four minutes or less. This is another book on sales. You can bring the cover up now. This is another book on sales. But the thing about this book is, is presentation skills in it. Things that didn't fit neatly in the shortcut and asking for the money, but it's still sales. These are presentation skills and how to get to the point, how to cut that meeting time in half and still make and say everything you need to say with plenty of time left over. You can sell yourself and your services within four minutes or less. This is a fun work for me. And I think it's a natural addition to the family of books on sales. Okay. And um, I have another book work upcoming. Um, did you show that cover good? One more time, please. And make it big one time. Thank you. The power of the four-minute presentation soon to be released. That's what it looks like. That's the cover we settled on. <laughs> and all my books, 
except for my children's books, have money featured on them. This past August, I am a sales coach and I help people to sell themselves and their services better. And this past August, I had a client who had uh, a medical marijuana delivery service and make it just us two, baby, now. And, um, and what she did was she would pick up medicinal, mar medicinal marijuana and deliver it to people who couldn't get out of their home. That's her business. And it caused me to be intrigued about the industry. And the more I studied the industry, I studied it for six months. I liked it more and more. And I found that this industry is still sales, but it's fraught with stigmas and it's fraught with their own unique sets of challenges. But I found it was a, a good industry and it's a helpful industry. The cannabis, the CBD, and the hemp industries. In 2014, hemp became legal crop again. So people can now farm it again. So the newest book upcoming is How to Sell Your Services in the Cannabis, CBD, and Hemp Industries. And I'm super excited about this book. I have launched an affiliate of my company or a leg of my company. My company's called Very Personal Sales Coaching. But I've launched another leg of that company called Canna Biz Selling. And what I'm doing is I'm focusing on helping people that want to operate within the cannabis, the CBD oil, and the hemp industries to sell themselves and their services. Many people think, oh, well, weed sells itself. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of services related to it. Not, not far, I'm not working with the farmers or the growers or people that sell high THC products, stuff that get you high. But I'm helping the delivery service. I'm helping the, the salespeople that want to sell their facilities. I'm helping the builders that build these things to sell themselves and their services. Um, how to Sell Yourself, that's the, my latest works coming out. I can't wait for it to be finished. And in addition to this journey here, one of the things, just like with Discovering Your Why, Lisa learned how to publish, she's also learned how to illustrate. So uh, during this journey time, she has actually illustrated two books. You want to talk about them? For, yeah, for people outside Published of Published and illustrated. Mm-hmm. So this book is, uh, it was actually the, uh, the initial children's book for someone else that I illustrated. The first one that she illustrated for someone other than us. Absolutely. And this is uh, Truth's book, The Prince. Who Made Me Queen. Written by Ka Ma'at. And I really loved working on this book with her. Um, it was a stretch for me. It was a learning process. It, there was a lot of growth that went along with creating this beautiful book. Interesting why Lisa became the illustrator. We were searching for an illustrator for her. So in order for Lisa to explain to the illustrators what, she, what, what um, the author was going for, Lisa would have to kind of <clears throat> sketch it out and let the illustrators see. And the author of the book liked Lisa's versions better than the submitted versions of the illustrators. Mm -hmm. Well, I like these books better. Okay, well, that's just me doing it. I'm not, the, I'm not an illustrator, but I like your version better than I like the illustrators. So she picked up the challenge. She picked it up and she stretched herself and she learned what she was doing and digitally illustrated her first children's book. Yes, it was really a challenge, but it was beautiful. <coughs> it was a beautiful challenge. And then uh, the latest children's book that I did for a friend who, uh, an amazing author that I had already published with before, I did his 
his first work. Mm -hmm. um, she did his autobiography. His autobiography. And he had written a story almost 50, 50 years ago for his son mm -hmm. that he had been telling for years and years, much like your story. And I transcribed that story and then illustrated it for him. The magic, well. Chris, the magical Christmas tree. Yeah. The magical Christmas tree. Now, Lisa and I actually listened to this story on a CD. And we both loved it on the CD version of it. Mm -hmm. So Lisa actually took up the mantle to create his story into a children's book and actually illustrated it herself. Yeah. Digitally illustrated. Yeah. So, and we love all of these I works. To sketch it and then digitize it. And it was interesting exercise. I really loved it. This is, these, these are my favorite pages. They're yeah. good. Yeah. So now you guys have taken the journey with us. I asked my wife to sit here with me and, and actually just take our time and go through our published works as a way of letting people know what we do, what we're about. Um, we want to be helpful to the world. We want to be helpful to the world. We want to come to your event and share what we can in a loving and motivational way. We want to be helpful to you and supportive of you and your works. But this is what we have. This is what we offer. And I want to thank you for staying with us this long. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And um, if I can be of assistance to you in bringing your project or your biography or your children's book to life, please reach out. If I can help you to find clarity in what it is that you are intended to bring forth into the world, I am more than happy to do that with you. You know how to get a hold of me. I am Lisa Santiago McNeil. I'm Brian Keith McNeil. You have an amazing day. Thank you.